Welcome to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. On this podcast, we journey through the devastating experience of the death of a child. Grief is seldom discussed openly in our culture, and the death of a child makes people feel even more uncomfortable. We approach the topic openly and honestly, speaking to people who have lost loved ones and experts who help care for them. Whether you are a parent experiencing loss or someone who wants to support another going through this tragedy, this podcast strives to offer hope and help. Welcome to episode 177 of Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. I'm Marcy Larson, Andy's Mom. So today's episode is a replay of the live stream that we did just the night before last. And I need to make a huge apology because the live stream was really almost unwatchable, especially for the first 10 to 15 minutes. So Gwen's internet was not working well and there was a horrible lag between her and me. So I could talk right after she spoke, but when she would hear me, she would have one or two second pauses. So what I had to do now in a little post live stream is I took out all of those very awkward pauses. And so things sound much, much better. But occasionally you will still hear us talking on top of each other because Gwen couldn't really tell when I stopped talking. So this lasts for about the first 10 minutes and then is much, much better than later. I sound echoey. So I just apologize for the production quality of the whole thing. But I do think it's really still worth listening to, especially now that I've got it sounding much, much better. Even as it starts, though, you will notice a bit of awkwardness because I'm starting the introduction of the episode while Gwen is saying the words, I hope so, meaning I hope that our technical difficulties are complete and behind us, which obviously they weren't. But I don't think you will notice too much now listening to this edited recording. But again, I really do apologize if you tried to listen to the live stream. I certainly hope that that will not happen again. So the topic that I wanted to talk about today was just because I noticed that the release of the episode will be in two days, which is Groundhog Day. And if you are not from the United States, you probably do not know, have not heard of Groundhog Day. But Groundhog Day is a day in the tradition of the United States in in Pennsylvania. It's like this town in Pennsylvania where the groundhog will come up. And if it sees its shadow, it's scared and it goes back down into the hole and you're going to have six more weeks of winter. And if it stays up, it means spring is just around the corner. Now, of course, that makes no sense at all, especially because if it's a nice sunny day, you would think that would be more spring, not the opposite. But what makes me think about Groundhog Day is then 30 years ago now, I cannot believe it's been 30 years, but 30 years ago now, there was a movie called Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. And in that movie... Every day is Groundhog Day. So he is a reporter and he goes to report on Groundhog Day and he really has a very bad attitude about going to this town and reporting it. But he gets to the end of the day and he goes to bed and he wakes up and the next day is again Groundhog Day. So it goes over and over and over and over. And by the end of the movie, I mean, in the middle of the movie, he's kind of a mess and he's just deciding I'm I'm going to like run my car off the road and try to die to end this day. But he, again, he's just, no matter what he does, he wakes up and it's bad. But by the end of the movie, he's starting to do good things with it. Like he goes in and takes one day of piano lessons every day from a little piano teacher. And he gets amazing on the piano. He starts doing things for people and just helping people. And so I thought really that our grief is so much like that. That when we are grieving, every day feels exactly the same. And you wake up and you're living this nightmare again and again and again. And sometimes you do things that are counterproductive and are not going to be healthy and helpful to you at all. But hopefully somewhere down the road, you start changing a little bit and start having a little bit of purpose in your life again. And maybe help people if you can. So anyway, that's kind of what where we're going with this episode about how everything can feel the same, but hopefully it's not. And I just wanted kind of some input from Gwen 
on this topic? Well, there's actually several articles written about how grief is like Groundhog's Day. Really? I didn't even know this. Did you know that? Yeah. No. Yeah. And they, they took Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's stages of grief and compared them to the movie Groundhog Day. And there was a lot of familiarity. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, exactly what you said, I think just to take it piece by piece is the first part is that it feels so slow because nothing changes, mm -hmm. right? In our grief, it's like the you live almost the same level of pain every day. Yeah. You know, and I think in the movie, he gets really frustrated and he'll go to any extreme just to change it. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I think that we will go sometimes to any extreme just to change our pain, just in some way. Like, what can I do to get this to stop? Yeah, to just feel different, right? Mm -hmm. Right. It was interesting because in the movie, it took several days for him to realize that he was stuck. Yeah. And they say that that's a lot like grief in the fact that sometimes if we do get stuck on something where we're not moving forward and it's over and over on the same thing is that it takes us a while to realize that we might be stuck in a spot. Yes. Mm -hmm. One of the, the thoughts was, is when you feel stuck to ask friends how they see you are coping, grieving, or dealing with your hurt. Because I think sometimes we feel stuck, but we're really not. If we ask others, they can see movement in us that we can't see ourselves. It reminds me of very much of even having people on the podcast. Cause I, I, I have people on the podcast and they will tell me there is no way that I'm going to sound as good as those other people sound. They all sound like they're all together and doing great. And I'm just not going to be that way. Mm -hmm. I get that almost from every single person that I have on. And it, and it's mm -hmm. funny because I just interviewed somebody today and she told me that same thing. And I yeah, said, you know what? Today. That's what every single person says. And they all sound great. And they're all doing great because you're doing better than you think you are in really everything. Right. Yeah. Did you ever find yourself, Marcy, asking friends or someone, how do you think I'm doing? No, I don't think I ever did. And honestly, I probably didn't because I was afraid of what the answer would be because I thought for sure the answer would be terrible, <laughs> that you're doing terrible, right? Or that if they mm -hmm. didn't say terrible, mm -hmm. they were just lying. Yeah. So it didn't really matter. So I didn't ever ask that question. I think for me as a counselor, when I talk to people, I like to tell them notices, changes that I notice in them. Okay. And sometimes it's the fact that on their first visit, they might cry the whole time. Mm -hmm. And then on another visit, they can talk for a while and not cry. And I point that out, you know, so um, just pointing out. And I think if there's friends and family that are listeners, um, for them to be able to point out that I see change in you, even if you don't. Yeah, I think that is really, really helpful advice for sure. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Then it talks, I, can't, I have a hard time remembering the movie. And I'm so glad you said it was 30 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I looked makes it up. Me feel better. <laughs> I looked it up and I'm like, oh my word, 30 years. That's probably, a long time. should have watched it again. Well, it's funny because I think there's probably some listeners like me. Our pastor um, can relate to this movie and he uses it a lot in illustrations just from his own life. How he felt like he was living. So I think it's been used a lot in illustration over the 30 years. But then it talks about the anger and the frustration, and that's part of when nothing changes and we feel every day is the same level of hurt. We do get frustrated by that. Yeah. You just want things. To and be I different. think we need to acknowledge that that's part of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I do think that there are many people that when they get that part in their grief, they realize this is my life now. And, they, and that's scary. That is so scary to think that is my life now. Mm -hmm. The other part that I it said um, in comparison to the movie is then the sad part comes when he was dreading sleep and then what the next day holds because he knew he was going to wake up and the next day was going to be the same. I've talked to lots of parents yeah. who feel so that So I way. do think that we do. Well, that's why I said about people are so brave because you do get up the next day, even though you know it holds pain in it. 
Um, but I think just to make that awareness that, you know, at the beginning and for a long time, grief feels like this. This is what it's like. The other part is he begins to bargain and yeah. tries to change the situation by trying to escape and distract or reduce the pain of living. And you mentioned that he does try to end his life. Mm-hmm. Right. Is that yeah. what you said? He was running his yeah, car off. He did. Yeah, yeah. I think. And then there, you know, when I, when I think of bargaining, I think, you know, we bargain with God, we bargain with, you know, just everything around, like, really, what can I do? Yeah. What do I have to give up? What do I have to surrender so that I don't live like this? Yeah. It's just so hard when you feel that pain all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you may come to a, a similar conclusion that you can't move forward until there's that internal change. And that's what happened to Phil. He finally was so able to. So there's that internal change. So pain changes us. And there's no such thing as choosing no pain. Of all the choices you have, the one that says, well, I'm going to choose that I don't have pain isn't an option. Right. Mm -hmm. Only choosing um, one type of pain or the other. So it's not that we can't choose pain. It's like, well, what pain, what am I going to do? And the part is, is what is your pain going to teach you? First of all, about yourself. And none of us signed up to want to learn this, right? No. So what does the pain teach us about ourselves, about others, and then about God? So then the question becomes, is your pain productive or destructive? And I think in the movie, he tries to use it for good then and make it productive. Yes. The destructive part of pain when we're living it over and over again is that it then it traps us into some unhealthy habits. Right. And I think one of the first habits that comes to my mind when it comes to wanting to distract ourselves or numb ourselves would be the use of alcohol or drugs. Yes. Because that's really tempting to have that unhealthy pattern. Well, it just makes you maybe not feel it so much, right? Because it's so, so hard when you feel this pain. And if you can do something to make that pain feel less, well, that mm -hmm. seems like maybe a good idea. Mm -hmm. It does. It really does. But, you know, it's it's not a healthy pattern. And I think sometimes... No. Because overall, you're not, you need to get through the pain. You need to feel it, right? You need to feel mm -hmm. it. What did, what did you say? Feel it to heal it? Feel or, it. Has yep. that, or Absolutely. But anyway, you need to feel it so, to get through the healing. So mm -hmm. I think when you turn to something like drugs or alcohol, it can numb that, but then you're not healing either. Right. You're, you're. It's just like you're just stopped and just stuck right there. Mm -hmm. And until you can really start to feel it, you're not going to be able to even start healing really. Right. And that, that's hard to so much about feeling stuck and feeling like you can't start healing. And that can take a long time anyway. But when mm -hmm. you use drugs or alcohol, it can prolong it even more. Right. And it's not just that. I mean, people can use sleep. Right. You know, mm -hmm. like just numb. It's just I'm going to sleep it away. Um, staying busy. That can be destructive at times where you're just so busy that you're not being productive in grief work, but you might be accomplishing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Other stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so those unhealthy patterns. So maybe to ask yourself, is my pain productive or destructive? But what he began to recognize is that his self-centeredness, um, that he needed others and that he didn't have an ability to connect with others. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting because I had just recorded something before I got on and I didn't realize about the connectedness to this. When we decide where we want to go, whether mm -hmm. it's, you know, we, we decide and we make a decision. And one of the things is, is that when deciding how to have meaning and purpose in your life literally means that we have to connect with others. That's just part of it. Mm-hmm. And so he realized that too. And then he had to risk the authentic and vulnerable relationships. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The nice thing that he had is he had a do-over every day for a while there, right? Yeah. <laughs> because you're like, oh, that didn't work. I guess I could try something else. And in the real world, we can't quite do that, have an exact do-over, but. 
you can't quite, but I do think there's a grace period and a growth period in grief where people, I tell people, try something. If it doesn't work, try something else. You know, if it, if you want to be creative and it doesn't happen right away, try something other way to be creative, right? Mm -hmm. If you decide you want to get involved in activity and you try a photography class and you hate it, then the next time try something else, right? It does take some trial and error. And I hope there's some grace for bereaved people in figuring out who am I now and what does this look like? It's so funny that this is very timely because I interviewed somebody today. Now, of course, this interview will not air for another four weeks, but Mm -hmm. it, it was really interesting because she really was talking through trying to find her new purpose now in mm-hmm. life and had had come to several ideas already and some are, are still possibilities and others aren't but it was really a nice i don't know it was it was nice i think for people to be able to hear how you can be several years out and still be just trying to kind of struggle to find your purpose but knowing you're still working on it i mean that's oh. totally fine Absolutely. But in all of life, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But in grief, again, it it's like you, you were knocked down and it's a whole rebuilding. I mean, yeah. it is, a, it's, it's kind of, I, I, I read a book on divorce once and they talked about building your marriage like a puzzle. And, you know, when you get a divorce, it's like someone came and threw up all the pieces. And I thought, well, grief is a lot like that too. Mm -hmm. And it takes a while to look at each piece and figure out where does it fit now? And is this part of my new picture or is that, you know, treasures from the past? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cause that's fine too. And, and I think about too, I just had a few weeks ago on a, woman on you know she's from northern scotland and she started that abby sparkle foundation and she started like within weeks of her daughter dying and she's really dedicated to it and puts a lot of time and effort into it and it's amazing and wonderful so she found her purpose right away right Mm -hmm. i didn't i -hmm. didn't at all i feel like you know it was about a year when i put out the podcast just a little over a year and i felt like yep i think this is my purpose but yet that's actually fairly early too. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people even are hesitant to come on the podcast because they haven't found that sense of purpose yet mm-hmm. and something to kind of do with their grief yet. That's totally fine. I mean, that's absolutely 100% understandable. And you may always be searching for that perfect, <coughs> right? Right. And I don't want the listeners to feel like they have to start an organization to have purpose or to change a law or to do that Um, because your audience is different. I mean, sometimes it's just little things. It is. It is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Doing what you did, but maybe just in a little bit different way. Mm -hmm. Your outlook may be a little different than what it used to be. And I think with most bereaved people, if I look back throughout the years, I can honestly tell you that they, they find a sense of appreciation in things mm-hmm. that they didn't have before and living life with an appreciation for relationships, for creation, for whatever it is, is an awesome way to live life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. You're just more open. You're more sensitive. You're more real. And that's what, you know, it talked about in the movie, how we risk authentic and vulnerable relationships. When I think of a support group, yeah. And that when you finally are dealing with it and and I think people who are in a support group I think they're not as stuck sometimes as those who might not be sharing with others because what a support group does is it helps you face the pain because others are facing it and you have a safe place to do that. Exactly. You have a sounding board yeah. for what you're feeling in that moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think yeah. about that a lot with the virtual support group that I do through Starlight about how amazing that is. And when we have a hard day, we have each other now to be able to kind of turn to and the understanding that you get just helps you get through that, those little things that you might not otherwise have been able to, right? Right, right. So speaking of that, I do want to take a minute to pause because the next Starlight session starts just next week. 
Okay. So, and this is a six week session. And Gwen, you know, this one is my favorite. I don't know if you remember what my favorite one is, but my favorite session is on lament. Lament. I what thought you were going to say that. Love that one. Mm-hmm. Love it. I, I do think now, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about why did I like that one so much? And I feel in some ways it's probably the first time I was actually really ready to be there. Mm-hmm. Cause remember how I came so early mm-hmm. and I was mm-hmm. like, three weeks in or whatever. And I didn't even really feel like I belonged, but Eric really wanted to be there. And so we all just kind of went and I would have to tuck out at times. I would have to like leave the room at times. Mm -hmm. It just got to be so hard for me. But I think by the time we were on our third session, then on lament some months after Andy died, this was the first time I could really do it well and yeah. uh, appreciate it. So I think that's part of it. But I also do think it's just um, beautiful, beautiful, uh, just lessons there. And just to understand grief so well, when you think of it in the form of lament. Yes. Oh, and talk about vulnerable and authentic. Yeah. Because it, you don't have to hide that deep, deep pain. Yeah, And we're not saying that you have to share it with hundreds of people. I don't want people to think that that means they have to, it's not everybody's style, but as long as you're not hiding it from yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, in these, the virtual support group, it's, you know, usually maybe a dozen people. It's not like it's yeah. a huge amount of people. I remember that first week where the, the, who was the leader read through the little kind of thing at the beginning. They just mm-hmm. this whole page that you read and about lament. And I just, I remember exactly what I said because I spoke up and I said, I never had a word for that. Mm-hmm. I never had a word for it. I mm-hmm. always just called it the bad cry yeah. because it would be when I would be on the floor in Andy's room, which is where I'm right now, just sobbing, sobbing, sobbing and being unable to stop. And for the first time that night in that support group, I realized that was lament. That's what I was feeling was lament. And I never knew that. And I never understood that. And it was just a powerful moment for me. Oh, so anyway, if, if you are interested and would like to become a part of the support group, you can email Stephanie at starlightmin.org. And they can do an intake. Remember, this is a, a Christian faith-based organization. So we do um, talk about faith, certainly in God, in our group. But if you would like to join a group, that would be great. We're, we're to a couple of groups now. So we've grown out of just having one and we're on to two groups. So wow. anyway, feel free what, to email. What I've learned is I almost now... I mean, because obviously, you know, I was one of the authors yeah. of writing that. As I call it now, the lament advantage. Okay. There's an advantage to yeah. that yeah. kind of honesty. You know, it, it, there's an advantage to do that, right? Because the only feelings that don't heal are the ones that we hide. And so we often hide them, like I said, from ourselves and from God, and we don't have to do that. There's an advantage. I just... You know, um, people have slogans all the time about, you know, so-and-so the advantage, are they always in marketing talk about the advantage of this product or that product? And I think, man, there is such advantage in lamenting. And I never, ever thought that until we went through Right. Yeah. Ever. I definitely thought those were my worst moments. Those are the Mm -hmm. moments I really didn't want people to see. I mean, I talking about being on the floor in Andy's room. And I remember one time I was just sobbing so uncontrollably that my foster son, Valeriano, who was living at home at the time, came all the way upstairs and he, his room was in the basement. So two floors away. So he came all the way up and he had no idea what to do. He like just put a hand on my leg or something because mm-hmm. he was just flustered. And I think, I, I don't know what he thought was happening, but I was just embarrassed. And I thought I can never let this happen again let other people Mm. see me like that again. But really, I think it was healing and a Mm -hmm. good thing for me. Mm -hmm. You're, you're not the only one. And that's why I keep saying most people do that alone. And there is, they feel shame in it that they have such deep, you know, but again, the definition of lament is a passionate expression of sorrow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was certainly passionate. 
the other thing that I had suggested is that maybe this would be a good time to do some of those stories of hope, those little yes. messages of hope, because yeah. we didn't do them over Christmas. And no one emailed me any, so there won't be any. But if you want to for the future, I would sure love sharing those stories. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I've heard one lately from somebody. I did ask one woman a permission to share her story. I, I, yeah, I think I, I asked her, I said, can I share this? And it, it, I'm trying to, there, there is a hope spin on it, but it was just really interesting. It kind of has to do with the year ending. So her son died in 2022, her adult son, she's um, an older woman. And she said 22 was always her favorite number. Her kids really? used it in sports. It was her lucky number if she bought a ticket for something that 22. Okay. So in 2022, her son dies and she hated the whole year. So she yeah. said she had never stayed up to watch the ball drop, but she had to know for sure that 2022 was done. So maybe it's a lot like the Groundhog Day. She wanted to yeah. make sure that it was not coming back. So she said she stayed up and she watched just to make sure that that new beginning was happening and 2023 actually began. And so when I think about hope, I mean, it's just an interesting story how she just stayed up in her living room, just hoping for something different in 2023. And I think oh, when we think yeah. about the groundhog and day after day, that was just her, you know, got to look for something else. It needs to get better and just leave that behind. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Somebody just did write in. Can you give that email address again for the Starlight Group? So you can email Stephanie at starlightmin.org. So Starlight, S-T-A-R-L-I-G-H-T, min.org. And you can actually email Stephanie or Micah. Micah would be another one. And that is M-Y-C-A-H for Micah. Um, or Stephanie is S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E. Mm -hmm. And if they go to starlightmin.org, there's a place to fill out a form right online, a contact form. Okay, perfect. So that's mm -hmm. even- And then they'll email probably. them back. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So anyway, just know that we would love to have more people because I just feel like it's such a great, it's just a great ministry. It really is. Yeah. So a um, couple other things I wanted to touch on today too. One is I had, you know, last time we got on Gwen, I talked about, you know, asking people if they could give some donations and which I have gotten some donations. And I thought, it would be nice just at my husband's encouragement to kind of give a little bit of shout out to thank people that Aww. have been donating. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to give last names. I'm just going to give some first names. And if they gave in honor of someone, but I just feel like I should probably start doing that because mm -hmm. it, it, it's just nice. And I certainly appreciate it. It helps us be able to co cover some of the costs um, just so it's not all out of our pocket. Well, so I appreciate it. And I'm just going to go through kind of my little list here. Mm -hmm. So I just want to say now, thank you to Pat, to Carol, to Jennifer, who gave in honor of Sam, to Sheila, who gave in honor of Angelo's birthday, to Dorothy, who honored her 34-year-old son, James, to Farah, who donated for Hannah's birthday. Thank you to Paul, Paul, excuse me, Pauline, to honor Scott. Thank you to Katie to honor Poppy. And thank you to Carrie. Carrie actually was um, Andy's BSF leader. So that was definitely in, in memory oh. of Andy. Uh, thank you to Colleen. Thank you to Dana who donated uh, in memory of Brogan. Catherine donated for Ella. Uh, thank you to Elizabeth. Thank you to Deborah who honored Avon. Nancy, who honored Alexander the Great, Andy, who honored Asher, Aaron, in honor of Dakota, Archie, in honor of Garrett, uh, Jamie, in honor of Judson, Arava, who donated really for the um, her son Garrett for the Garrett Hill Goodness Foundation. And lastly, just a few days ago, a thank you to Emma, who donated in honor of Sam. So that's quite the list. And it I just want to appreciate all of you for doing that. And it's funny, as I feel terrible that I haven't done it before, but if you donate through Give Butter, 
so givebutter.org, or you can donate through our website, but Give Butter makes it pretty easy to do charitable donations. And Eric was getting these emails and he didn't know it. So I get some of them, but not all of them for some reason. But Eric was getting all of the emails and had no idea where they were. They went into some funny inbox and all of a sudden he's like trying to do the tax information for the always Andy's mom charity and didn't, uh, and realized, Oh my word, there are all these, oh. all these donations here and all these, um, emails that I didn't even know existed. So anyway, I'm going to start doing that going forward. So thank you. Yes. What I loved about that is as you were beginning, I thought it's kind of like on radio stations or, you know, um, Christian yeah, radio yeah. stations, how you could sponsor a day in honor of someone. But yeah, I love yeah. then how people were doing that for birthdays and anniversaries. Yeah. And so that's a great way to honor your child and help other bereaved parents. Well, and it's, and it wasn't even our idea, obviously. I mean, there right. were people were doing this in honor of their birthday and they didn't even know about other people mm -hmm. doing it. So that is really, really special. I'm glad that people did that and and anyway i just going forward i'm going to do that mm -hmm. yeah so the next thing too is um this is also eric there's a lot of eric in today's uh live stream so this is another eric thing that's been encouraging me to do is he wants me to do an ask me anything episode okay oh. so ask me anything and the thing is that it's going to be him and i doing it together so if you have a question for me, you email Eric. So his email address is eric at andysmom.com. E-R-I-C at andysmom.com. If you have a question for Eric, you email it to me, to Marcy, M-A-R-C-Y at andysmom.com. And so we are not going to see the questions that people write for each other. And we'll see how long it takes us to get a bunch of questions. I don't know, because clearly I didn't get a lot of stories this last time. Um, but I'm excited about it. He's been super enthusiastic about it. He recently, he does this basketball podcast now. And so they didn't ask me anything episode and it was apparently awesome. And so he wanted to do it for, for me too. And he was willing to actually be one of the people that are asked the questions. So I thought that was cool because a lot of people have questions for dads. So again, I don't know when that's going to take place. I don't know exactly how we're going to do it. It really depends on what kind of feedback we get. But yeah. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And, and I, I think especially about marriages, you know, for to have, you know, both of you responding and different things so people can ask questions. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I think it'll be fun. I think mm -hmm. we'll have a good time doing it anyway. So yeah. We'll see how it goes. Well, look at him full of creative ideas. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then of course the next thing is, uh, the other thing I wanted to make sure to talk about is our next live stream. So the next live stream that we do, um, but you know what, I'll hold off on that a minute because we just got a question ca that came through. Mm -hmm. So the question says, hi, Marcy and Gwen, when you were talking about a purpose earlier, I remember feeling pressure to find my purpose for quite a while which then mm -hmm. felt a little stressful. And when I realized at that time that my purpose was just taking care of me, yes. that felt like a step in the right direction. Oh, love that. Yes. I love that. I do too. I that. that nurturing yourself and just saying, I'm, I'm going to take care of me is huge. Yeah. You know what? That came up in the discussion that I had earlier today too, because that mom had said sometimes she felt like she was being selfish. And mm -hmm. I said, no, that's not what you're being. Yeah. You think it's being selfish, but what it is, is grief is really personal. Mm -hmm. It's really personal and really intimate. So that means you have to turn inward to yourself to kind of understand your grief and work through your grief. And so that feels selfish because mm -hmm. it has to be turning inward and it has to be personal. So I think that's what you're talking about too mm -hmm. there, Denise, is that you have to take care of yourself and it might feel like not the right thing, but it's a hundred percent the right thing. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love it. And, and again, that pressure stress that she felt, and that's why I said that, that it doesn't have to be this big, huge in neon lights purpose. It's, you know, that I'm going to survive for my family and take care of, you know, what I have left and take care of me and be as healthy as I can be. And I've had many parents say that they do that 
to honor their child who died because they'd want me to take care of me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Which is true. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's hard to sometimes believe that, but, but you have to believe it yourself too. Cause I've had other people tell me how Andy would want me to feel Mm -hmm. and that I hate. I hate that. But if I can think myself how Andy would want me to feel, well, that's different. That I appreciate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've heard so many stories of hope, but now that like the pressure's on, I can't think of them, but I, well, and had we I, not had 20 some minutes of technical difficulties before we even tried to start, yes. <laughs> you would have had time because I thought, you know, yeah. the first thing I've got to do is tell her that I don't really have any stories of hope and see if, if she's got some, cause you usually well, do. Yeah. I, I can spot. tell you that. Yeah. I can tell you that I met with a widowed woman whose husband died suddenly and it's been over a year. And one of the blessings is she's met some other widows and they support each other. But what she discovered is she doesn't like being around them because they're still in the same spot and yeah. she can see that she is ready to enjoy life. And when she's mentioned like, oh, maybe we should go do this or you want to try this or you want to travel, they're not ready. And so she said, I've outgrown my grieving friends. Yeah, And it's sad, but yet she's celebrating that because she can actually see that she's not in that same spot. And that's the other piece, though, is again, reminding her and everyone else is that everyone does it in different time frames. So it's not like her friends are bad or that they're not grieving well. It's just a different time frame. Or that she's bad or not grieving well. Right. And Mm -hmm. she had to question that. She said to me, is that bad that I don't want to be in that say, like, I'm not there anymore. I said, no, that's not bad. No, I totally get that and understand that. And at the beginning, you are feeling that grief 24 seven, right? All the time, Mm -hmm. every waking moment, but it gets Mm -hmm. to a point where I couldn't, I couldn't do that. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't good for me. And so you have to try to surround yourself with people that are in maybe similar spot than you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And so that she could, that was a measurable mark for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love that. I feel yeah. like I have had other stories told to me too, that I cannot come up with right now either. So yeah. if anyone has anything that they would like to ask, any question you would like to ask or any little anecdote you want to type in, go ahead you can go ahead and do that. That would be great. Um, anyway, the anything else you wanted to make sure to talk about here, Gwen? No, I just I have some thought in closing about Groundhog's Day, but we can do that at the end. Okay, so the next thing I guess we can talk about then is our next live stream. Mm-hmm. So the next live stream episode we are going to do is on the physical effects of grief. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was something that you had kind of come up with. So why don't you talk about that a little bit? Well, I, I have people question or email me frequently saying, you know, I'm feeling these things or they're having some reactions or other people are, and they're wondering if it can be unresolved grief. And if we don't deal with it, are there responses that our bodies have? And the answer is yes, that it can come out. And you mentioned like, we have to feel it to heal it. And if we're not, it can affect us physically. Mm Mm-hmm. And so just kind of talking about that and maybe people can write in, you know, maybe some of the responses that they're having or ways that they realize that their body was reacting until they started dealing with it. And then those things clear up. We'd love to hear those things too. Yeah. I mean, I know for me, I've always had migraine headaches my whole life. I mean, that started when I was three years old. So this is not a new thing for me, but after the accident and after Andy died, did that get a lot worse? Yep. It certainly did. I just, I mean, I carry all my tension up in my shoulders anyway. And when I was feeling so much grief and so much tension, it just all went in my neck and shoulders and it just triggered my head to just be Mm -hmm. out of control all the time. So that's just, you know, one simple thing. Right. Yeah. I guess we can save that conversation because I have a few thoughts, but I, I think about the Groundhog Day and what we were talking about when you don't deal with something 
um, that some people just keep going back to the doctor for physical things, not yeah. realizing that it's a heart issue and that it's an emotion that they have to deal with. Well, and honestly, I can say this because I am a doctor and mm -hmm. a physician is we don't do a very good job in general of teasing that out. Right. right. I think right. we look for a physical cause and that's what we're taught to do is really look for all the physical causes. And then if we've ruled everything out, then you can go to, I think this may be emotional. Uh, and it's, it's not great because what we basically do is rule out all these things we can do something about. And then if it gets to the point where we've ruled all that out, then we're like, yep, you probably need a therapist. I mean, that's not healthy and right. helpful to anyone mm -hmm. to have that be the way it's addressed in the medical system, but it often is. And right. our training is just really, really poor mm -hmm. to handle kind of physical complaints caused by emotional things. I mean, honestly, I think I'm way better at it now. No question. I can, I can have those conversations with teens that are anxious and having all sorts of physical, physical symptoms. I can have those conversations so much easier now than I used to. Uh, but that's only because I've gone through so much emotionally myself and I'm mm -hmm. more comfortable talking about it, but I just, I still don't feel like the average physician is great at that. Right. No, I agree with you a hundred percent. Yeah. So when we do that live stream, we're also having a special guest on, uh, who is going to be talking about a retreat that she is hosting in Mexico come the end of October, beginning of November. So, and that's really doing yoga and breathing and focusing on the body and the mental aspects of helping your body feel better through mm -hmm. some of those kinds of practices. Mm -hmm. So she's going to be coming on and telling everybody more about that, which I know you'll appreciate. Um, it's Erin, who's been a guest on the show mm -hmm. before, well, she, when she talked about her daughter, Dakota. So anyway, I'm looking forward to that conversation and to her joining in with us on that. Right. I think that'll be that will be good. Very good. Mm -hmm. So is there anything else you felt like we wanted to talk about that you wanted to talk about today? I know we're a little bit short on um, time, but that's, that's yeah. okay. We always we go over go people. Over. Right. I, I think <laughs> the point in the comparison back to the movie is it's so similar that if we're to move out of our grief, we have to move into a new and vulnerable state. Like we, we have to get to that spot where we're open. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's there. And unfortunately, the longer we hide pain, the longer we seem to stay in it. So I think using this episode, if someone is stuck and it's the same thing now, I know that early grief is that way. But if over a period of time, you're still feeling that way, that maybe you have to get to that vulnerable part of looking at the yeah. feelings and not hiding them. Well, and that goes back, leads back to you, I would say, Gwen, with your grief guide, right? I think that is something that you can definitely help people yeah. with mm -hmm. in that. And we talked about this a couple shows ago that we did, that if you are interested in starting Gwen's video series, I've got some coupons. I actually had to buy more, which is fantastic <laughs> because we had people yeah. wanting to get, um, to be able That's to hear good. Gwen's videos. So just know that Gwen can be a great resource. Um, and I would love for more people to get wisdom from you. I yeah. mean, I, I don't know Thank how you. I would have gone through this without you. So yeah. again, if you would like that coupon, email me. So Marcy yeah. at .com. Can um, I just tell you one other thing that came out of one of your listeners is that um, there's a group of ladies that were meeting in a library and they were bereaved moms who had met and they wanted to keep meeting, but just needed some structure. So I kind of helped them structure their group. Well, I just sat down this last weekend and decided to write a whole year's support group prompts and ideas. So we're going to put that on my website. So if someone wants, you know, not a big formal thing, but just like, Hey, January, here's four support groups, February, it's every month for four lessons and they can have their gather some of the moms that they know or people, and then they have the guide right there. Oh, I so love I'm that idea, about Gwen. It. It should be on oh, my website in the what? next week or so. I had one more thing that I was going to talk about. 
Okay. This is another Eric thing. I told you Eric's been doing all these things. So the other thing that Eric worked on for the website is to have a forum. So to have an area where people can come on the website and share and share thoughts and ideas and things that they're going through and just to be able to go to for support. So, oh, I can't believe I almost forgot that because I guess the form is ready to go. So I am going to start working on that. So you can go to the Always Andy's Mom webpage and there's now a spot that says forum. So anyway, there'll be some people helping me to moderate that and um, hopefully get some kind of good discussion going on the forum. So again, go to the um, com website. Yeah, because, you know, I'd love to, maybe that could be a place and Eric can probably help us because he's got great ideas. It's like (laughs) when moms give all these ideas, we do need a place that has all of those. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like when I meet newly bereaved people, I can go, go, there's a whole ideas from people from all over what helped them. And I just love it. Yeah. 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 I think we'll be great. So yes, Eric's full of great ideas today. So big, huge shout out to him. He's going to have a big head after he listens to the podcast. (laughs) I, you know, something just came to me that I don't normally do, but when you were talking about your listeners or your guests saying like, I'm not going to come across as together as this person or that person, you know, your guests are amazing and them being vulnerable to share their story has helped so many people. And when I'm in a room with a family as in just recently, whose child died and they are raw and broken and I can go Mm -hmm. and take them right to the website by the categories and say, here's all these people who shared their stories who had a similar one to you. Oh, Oh, it's and that's so a reminder that that's on there too, that you can go to yeah. the website and look at, at episodes by category and they ca- are categorized by age of loss yeah. and also by type of death loss. So those can be helpful. And there are some other categories as well. Yes. Like if you lose all or multiple children, things like that. And you know what? I have one story, little story of hope, and it's Good. very much related to last week's episode. So last week's episode, if you all have listened, it was um, uh, Xavier and Aiden's mom. And she was one that had said, this is going to sound terrible. I'm not going to do well. Mm -hmm. And what's funny is we finished recording. And the next day she wrote back and she said, I don't want to air it. I don't want to, I don't want to have it. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, that's fine. I mean, I would never want you to do it if you didn't feel comfortable with it. And so I had sent it off to my editor in Colorado, great, great lady. And I, um, and her name's Stephanie too, actually. So I sent it to Stephanie or I sent to Stephanie a message that said, the one that I sent you last night, don't edit it. She doesn't want to go ahead. She doesn't want to do it. And she said, okay. And then what happened like a week and a half later, she sent it back to me, edited. Because then she also sent the next one and she said, you labeled this one wrong. Like, no, I didn't label that one wrong. It's because this was supposed to be, this is the one that I told you not to do. And she said, oh, I'm so sorry. I totally forgot. I just did it anyway. So I had it. And I thought to myself, you know what? I'm just going to send it to her. So I sent it to her and I said, I haven't listened to this at all. My editor did it by accident. I told her not to do it. But if there's any of this you feel like you would want to have on at some point in time, we could save part of it, whatever you want. I I just want you to be able to listen to it. And two days later, she wrote back. She said, I've listened to it three times. I want you to go ahead. Oh, and that was so heartwarming to me. And it was really a God thing. Cause I felt like I very specifically said, do not edit this. And she did it anyway. And right. I think it was really the right thing. And because it's so funny, she did not think that she exuded much hope. This is a, a woman who lost both of her boys in a tragic mm. accident. And in my mind, she was hope. Like she right. was amazing. The fact, I mean, the fact that she was still getting up every day, right. the yeah. fact that she was functioning. I actually talked to my therapist about her and I said, you know, it's so funny because she didn't think she was, she showed any hope. And I said, I think she is hope. And the ther- my therapist was like, yeah, she is yeah. hope. It's yeah. going to be super inspiring to people. 
And I said, I know it's too bad that she doesn't want to be on because she would be so inspiring to people. And then that happened. So I love that. Right. So anyway, I can't believe I forgot. I almost forgot to mention that story, but I didn't mention it in the whole recording because I, because she said, do it as is. And so I, I did, I just sent it out as is. I sent out the write-up that I was going to send. Um, but, uh, I do want to share that story. Yes. That's awesome. Yep. All right. Well, thank you so much. And again, the next live stream will be on another Tuesday night, Tuesday, March 21st at 7 p.m. And we look forward to having you all there and hopefully not having any technical difficulties. I'm so glad it only lasted for 10 or 15 minutes, but thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful or would like to support the podcast, please leave a five-star rating and comment. To help financially, you can text Andy's Mom to the number 53555 or visit the donate page on andysmom.com. Your donations are secure and tax-deductible, and we are now able to accept Venmo, PayPal, and Apple Pay. Always Andy's Mom is a registered 501c3 organization and can receive donations through smile.amazon.com, Thrive in Financial, and Benevity, amongst others. Marcy loves hearing from listeners. Please feel free to reach out to her via email at marcy at andysmom.com. Also, be sure to sign up for the email list to receive weekly updates as well as pictures of all of Marcy's guests and their children. Together, let's work to inspire hope one day at a time.